0: G'day and welcome to this episode of The Leading Conversation with Tom Dawson Scrub, and Kyle Brown. In this podcast, we're going to look into the topic of leadership and leading teams, something that we are particularly passionate about and extremely curious about. We don't suppose to have all the answers, but we're going to ask questions, have conversations and create some stimulating debate for you. We're very lucky to have with us Western Province Rugby Captain Chris Van Sale to talk about vulnerability, creating meaningful relationships, and some of the struggles and strains of leading in the spotlight. In this episode, Chris and Kyle are very, very open and vulnerable with some of the things that they've battled with, and it creates for some enlightening debate that might be very usable in your world. Thanks very much for joining us, and we look forward to your feedback afterwards. Great chaps Well, it's lovely to be here uh with two esteemed leaders uh Kyle and chris uh thanks so much for for giving up your time i think um Chris I'm sure you'd rather be on the rugby field uh training <laughs> getting ready for a game on Saturday and Kyle um well, you've retired so you so you know my boat we we <laughs> not, neither of us are sportsmen, so uh you've got no excuse but it's it's good to be here and uh I am still a weekend warrior Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get you. I try to get you back to come and play for UCT, and you told me absolutely not. So I don't believe you.
1: <laughs> there is no ways you couldn't pay me <laughs> enough for that, bro. Uh,
0: Folks would chop me up
2: once in IKEA, bro.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. where it all started with Kyle and his mallet. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's great that we can sit here and talk about a, a topic that I know all of us have had pretty long and in depth conversations around, which is leading teams and getting them to succeed. And I think more specifically around you know, like the, the the sort of loneliness and toughness and as well as the bright side of leadership so chris i wanted to start with you and then we'll go from here really when was it that you ascertained like oh this is what i've got to do as a leader because like we hear from we hear about leadership when we you know in standard four, grade seven standard five and when did you realize like oh this is what i've got to do
2: yeah so I think one of the things I realized um probably a bit later than what I should have was because I had always been in a leadership role um from even from school days, I captained uh, whatever it was the third or d or d team um you know you weren't really aware at that stage what your role was, but what I did later learn was that you were um chosen as a leader for for your qualities that you had, so it almost meant that. Um, what you had offered um, as a player or as a person was already um, almost good enough or was what the person had seen, it, seen in you. So it's almost to understand that your role as an individual within the team as a leader is to be more of yourself and to be um, be obviously um, who you are as a person. Um, obviously, there are certain responsibilities and stuff, but I I, I never saw it... Um, as a forced role, but more a natural, um, a natural aspect that I could add to the to the team.
1: Chris, I found that one of the the toughest things was like the whole idea of being more of yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I I, yeah. I I struggled with that at the beginning because for me it was always you know the. I think when like you're saying when you're young it's all about lead by example sure. you know and, sure. and you must show this is the way and everything and ultimately as you start growing up and you, and you in teams with professionals around you yeah, um, it's actually all about doing what you do well Correct. as opposed to, to constantly worrying that, that was one of my things that I dealt with at the beginning was worrying about everybody else Correct. you know think at least thinking that I needed to worry about everybody else uh, um, and then you you, you kind of take your eye off your own ball, you know. You you know you don't you you don't fulfill your job properly, and then you aren't the leader that you've like you said. Like you've been picked for, you, you've been picked because you have certain qualities because you've done things well in the past. Um, and instead of doing those things properly and leading that way, you go and you know you're concerned about this guy and his headspace. And sure. there's not a hell of a lot you can do to change those guys. You know, you can just create the right environment, do your thing well, and 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 lead uh, like they say. I suppose lead from the front, but just. Be you?
2: Yeah. So it's I almost see it, saw it as like a maturity thing of understanding that um, you have been picked for the role for that specific reason, um, and I think there's also a responsibility in some way um, to then, you know, give um, give that same uh, not commitment, but to offer that same those same aspects that you've been for the reason that you've been picked. To yeah. ensure that you continue to do those and not to change, because I think the biggest mistake that a leader could could potentially make is to to change for whatever, for for whatever reason' it 's because of who you are and what you offer that you 've been put in that role I, I genuinely believe you know what 's quite an interesting
1: thing also is um, so like I think most players at a, at a good level they all have flashes of something brilliant you know. Mm. But I think one thing that stuck out for me, that for a lot of people that we considered, you know, decent leaders or good leaders, is that they're quite consistent with their performance. Sure. And that and that provides a bit of a, a sense of reliability on your leader, the guy that you know who's who's going to perform at a hopefully an above average level week in and week out, which allows and, you to pick him and, he, and then he can guide and he can lead that way,
2: you know. And almost potentially stems from from consistency in the way he carries himself, so in the way he trains, um, and the way he remains committed. I think that's also, um, you know, that's where the consistency comes in.
1: Yeah, which all, you know, all things that we consider, uh, like leadership qualities. Sure,
0: sure. You both, great start, by the way, for both of you. You (laughs) both, you both, um, you both have led, and I've now heard a little bit from you, but I would say you're both quite different in your styles. What I battled with listening to those first few minutes were, if I were listening going, right, I'm now a leader of a Curry Cup team, Chris, or the Blitzbox, Kyle, or even a a management team at at work, and I'm going, so what must I do? Or let me phrase it better, what must I keep track of? What, What did you guys keep track of? Or Chris... I shouldn't say past tense for you what do you keep track of on a daily or weekly basis to monitor like am I actually doing a good job as a leader
1: so you know you know like Tom you say keep track of and and, you know what do you do and everything like that but my I think to follow on from that previous question what your I suppose what your daily role you know consists of like for me it was as I got a bit older 80-90% of that job became like greasing the cogs you know Became coordination, uh, you know, ensuring that the environment was strong. It became less and less about like, um, you know, being that real hero, warrior, leader kind of thing. Um, it, it was about obviously, you know, the, the, the absolute basics of it were, was to do my job properly on the field. And I suppose if we, we're looking at any job, it's to do your job description well. And then how we go above and beyond is is the coordination of people around us, the harmonious... Um, environment that we create um, I mean a couple of other things I mean like dispute management was like a big thing you know if you if you could do more to settle minor little squabbles and, and things like that you could just continue to create that, that good flow within the, the team and that's that's not like the kind of stuff that gets spoken about in articles and things like that that's, and that was a big part of the job you know what I mean that, so it was when we talk about the the tip of the iceberg that gets shown and then everything below that actually counts is, you know, these things that are not not the dark side at all. It's just the the, the grinding side of of leadership is to make sure that every everything's moving well together.
0: So, so, so yeah, Chris, go for it. So
2: we referring we we're referring to the. You, your question was basically, "What's the role that I saw see myself playing in a team?" Is that is that what we're working towards?
0: Yeah, like when you when you get in your car, when you get in the car at the end of the day, or let's say um, you've won or you've lost on a Saturday,
2: Mm.
0: how are you evaluating? Was I as a leader good, or was I as a leader not good?
2: So I think uh, the things that I I normally like to track is. um, I think, Tom, I mean, you've spoken a lot about you different kind of leaders um, and, and, and I see myself, one, as, as often um, having, being in touch with uh, the team by understanding, keeping my finger on the pulse of the team. So for me, it was always important to understand where the guys were um, and I did that by staying engaged with everybody within the team that I could. Um, so for me to understand where the team was and, and, and keep that, that finger on the pulse was, was always one thing. Um, you know is the team happy is the team buying in completely Um, are we training well Um, and then so that's the one bit and then the other bit which I always um, I continue to do is to ensure that I may not be the best at whatever I'm doing so I may not be the strongest in the gym I may not be the fastest on the field but I'll always remain the most committed Committed guy, so I always ensure that I'm ticking all the boxes. I'm, I'm, uh, trying to remain keep my work ethic as high as possible because if I'm expecting that of my team, I want to ensure that I'm I'm doing it. And for me, that was always a big track. If after a game, I'll be looking at how did I go about my week, um, where do I think the team is mentally? You know, does everyone buy into the plan? Um, and then, and then. You know, evaluate that and then address it on Monday, hmm. Chris.
1: The, yeah. you just to go back to the first half of that answering that question. Is like keeping your yeah. finger on the pulse. If that was yeah. the, the theme yeah. of that first half, um, did you have like certain indicators? Whether it was training uh, or match day or pre-game, um, going into you know into big weekend, were there certain indicators for you in the team? That, that helped you understand whether they were on the right uh, right path or not.
2: So for me, a, 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 like a big tracker for, for team environment was to understand if everyone buys in. so like buys into the culture, whatever the coach is trying to trying to implement. Um, so that's like quite a broad um, yeah. reference so that's more broad. Um, and then sp- more specifically, what I've always done and continue to do is have small conversations with certain individuals and and very subtly. so like i'm not coming i'm not coming with an angle or anything i'm just understanding where they're at um how they're feeling um, and i'm basically by 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 doing that getting an understanding of how they're feeling about what's going on in the team um and it's and from that because like, feeding off
1: it's, I think it was exactly the same in our side, you know, I mean, there's, mm. there's certain things that you can have, you were saying like how they, how they train during the week, and for us, that was never a good indicator, I mean, mm. it's, a, it's a decent indicator, so if you trained really well, then you probably have a, a, you know, you have better, you know, better than average odds of doing well on the weekend, but man, like over 10 years, I can't tell you how many times we trained awfully, and then mm. like went on to win the tournament on the weekend, mm. So I mean I think there's just probably too many variables to look at during training sure. sessions um to use it as a as a solid indicator of what's going to happen on the weekend but finger on the pulse wise like I think you are 100% right with the the subtle conversations and I, and the the interesting thing was that you can't just do it on match weekend. Mm-mm. Do you know what I mean like you have to build the relationship over time sure. so that that uh it's it's not so thinly veiled on the weekend when you come to me and come chat to me as a teammate no, for the first time in 3 100%. weeks checking how i am you know and uh the, the other thing that i found and i i, I suppose well, this is another topic altogether as a group of leaders cuz i mean we had a really nice group, uh, you know leadership group was that i had a, a certain group of players that i spoke to quite well and then philip had his certain group of players that he got on well with and it was quite nice because you could have a little check-in, you know, on, on game day. You know, I'd say I'd, I'd go over to Philip and say, like, hey, how's how's he doing today? I mean, he looks a little down. Come back and say, no, he's, he's all good. Don't worry about him, you know. And, mm. and it's quite cool to break up that, that responsibility. Sure. But also to allow certain relationships that work better together anyway, as opposed to me just forcing a conversation with, with every guy.
2: So, I mean, Tom, sorry, just before you go, Carl, I think if I... Um, when, when I'm talking about finger on the pulse, that, that what you've just mentioned is exactly that. So it's about touching base with a certain individual in the leadership group to understand where this guy, it doesn't mean I'm having 45 conversations, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm getting an understanding from other leaders within the group, within my leadership group that is telling me, listen, here's a, a worrying factor or, or we're all good yeah. to go here. And I've, I've always done that and I've always relied on certain individuals and I continue to do it.
1: I just uh, just before we carry on I just I uh, want you to know that this is not Tom's conversation huh <laughs> like, if you want to talk, you go for it. You go for it. I'm quite, Tom's, I, I, Tom's ready and
0: waiting. No, I, I, I'm quite enjoying listening to this, I must say. I mean, I've been writing furiously down, as you, as you guys know that I do. But I, I, I wanted to point something out about you, Chris, because I've been lucky enough to work with you. And, and, and I'll point out that Kyle has used the word were a couple of times, and you very much still are a leader yeah. Uh, yeah. in the right sense. So yeah. I correct that. But um, – <laughs> I think, Chris, for me, what what one of your strengths is, is the word I think of is that you're accessible. Um, you are very accessible to people one because you try to be accessible so you're equally comfortable talking to the 20 year old as you are to the mm. to the coach um, and you've actually spoken to me in the past about you want to make sure that you're not seen as part of management because you are sure. mature and old you, you're still a player sure. but I think you're very accessible and I think you're a great
2: link man Tom that's why I go to Village Idiot on Saturday yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need to make sure that your youth is still there is that your fault yeah. that's your fault your well of youth
1: um, yeah, but I, See I, I've got kids now So I can't do that So I just I, I log on to TikTok
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tom I'll explain TikTok to you later No okay? no no, no. <laughs> I, I, I did some research on TikTok The other day actually um, But I think I think Chris's accessibility Is one of his big things And you tick boxes mm. Now I've, I've been lucky enough To be been in other environments Where I've seen leaders Who do the right things And make great players But they're inaccessible not to yeah. anything they do, but just because they, they, they just feel inaccessible and un, unrelatable yeah. to you, And I think that is one of your strengths. So I was glad when you said, I'm not having conversations for three minutes with every player with a clipboard. No, It's just no. that people see you as someone they can relate to and buy into. The second yeah. point I wanted to make to both of you, and I hope you take this as a compliment. I, I read a fantastic book by Sam Walker called The Captain's Class. And basically, what he's done is he's done a study on on the best teams, but he's gone like in depth as to who fits into this elite group of I think it's like eleven or fourteen teams, and some ama- Chicago Bulls that don't of you know the Jordan Bulls don't make it. So, you know, there's a huge amount of teams who don't make it. Anyway, what he says is he says the common denominator between these teams is the captain, and then he goes into the traits the, the traits that these captains have. Now, yes, you can pu- pu- uh, sort of push holes or punch holes in, in this argument. But one of the things that comes up is all of them are not the best player. Now, I hope, you, as I said, I hope you don't take this as a, as a, as a, take a, a I'm
1: trying to see how to take this
0: as, a as an insult. Because <laughs> no. I'm sure, no, P- Chris, when, when you were in the, under 10 Ds at Ronderbosch, I'm sure you were no, the no. best player. But, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but I, 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 I do think there's something around accessibility of people. And that, from my observations, you have both, and people will use this as a cliche, but you both bled the badge, like you you are so invested in the campaigns that you've been that you've been through. And um, I suppose that's as much a comment as it is a question. I wonder whether you had yeah. any thoughts or anything contrary to that.
1: Bru um, I, I don't know. We've we've done a little bit of work together, but that one, the one point in like like that little four pillars that I that I made up the one time was vulnerability and if for me if you're looking at the gateway to accessibility it's it's to start with like to be vulnerable to show your vulnerability to those around you because i think if you even if there isn't a a real structured hierarchy in a team there is an inherent sense of one when a junior player comes in there's junior players then there's players that have been there for a while then there's senior players then there's the leadership group then there's the captain you know and if you want to build those structures in your mind you can and i i, I can't exactly tell you what a junior player does but maybe he does see those kind of things and the, one of the quickest ways to break down those those barriers and and to to open up that sort of uh you know the the the, the beginning of that relationship and that accessibility is is to show a little bit of vulnerability um and and I like I genuinely stumbled upon this at, at not even training. It was between training sessions. We have like a top-up meal. Um, and one day we're all just sitting around the table there and uh, having, you know, banana bread or whatever it is. And I just, yes, I just mentioned like, you know, Taryn and I are having a really tough time at home. You know, I was like, we're less than a year into our marriage. I thought, you know, when you got married that things were supposed to be all hunky-dory and they were supposed to like make it all right and then across the table that guy says Yo, yes my girlfriend and I've been fighting for like literally the last three weeks straight and then one more across the table says something about him and how his relationship circling it when I think my god who else is circling around here that that nobody knows about because nobody wants to seem like I don't know I don't know what we don't want to seem like but and it didn't you know it didn't take much it just took for me to say and to be almost honest and be, you know, okay, so I'm circling a little bit at home and have that little, little bit of vulnerability, not a, not a huge amount because I'm quite, I feel quite um, strong in, our, in my relationship. So me mentioning that I, I feel like we're having a tough time at the moment, didn't feel like a big deal for me, but then to allow that, that bridge to open up and somebody will say, yes, you know, well, I've, I've also had, and I turned to the one guy, I said, well, then why the hell haven't you said anything to anybody? It's been three weeks now. He says, yeah, you know, just you know, you know, you know, typical guy response—sort of shrug your shoulders and and uh, and and not know what to do—and and that for me was, you know, small and simple, but a real learning moment in terms of how to, you know, open that. Like I said, open that bridge between, uh, uh you know, people to start moving a a relationship to a, a stronger depth, as opposed to just chatting superficially. Mm um you know so i assume that the conversation for most of it around that table would have been like you know i was the super rugby this weekend just training was hard uh something other and then then i go drop that and i think people are looking at it going maybe a younger guy looks and goes, oh geez okay well he's not some shining knight in a tower he's he's i've also got problems with my girlfriend at home Mm. you know and it's the same thing for him he's got problems with his wife at home and and he's mentioning it and then all of a sudden we're on the same level and that's you know that that was one thing that I learned again also quite late on, but that sense of vulnerability is the the very first way to open up a bridge between two people and allow them to to take that relationship to the next level. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. That, that thanks for that sort of real, real story. I can I can almost picture you, you guys sitting around mm. that table. I, I did want to ask because it did make me think. I would imagine leading. Uh, the, is very much in the spotlight ha, ha, can have a sense of loneliness to it um you know you're you're almost expected to be as you said the brave the brave warrior and the person who leads and has got the answers just wondering how that in the lonely times how you've been able to show that vulnerability while still remaining powerful inverted commas
2: yeah i mean i, I can remember a uh... A specific um, situation um, I think we were Tom I know you were involved with this campaign two thousand and seventeen curry cup mm. um, and in fact you were involved when I was feeling pretty lonely I think um, we had gone we had gone a right the season but we had like gone on a win one lose one you know a great team but just seemed to be making poor decisions on field that was the the common theme and we couldn't work out what was going on um And and this was now individual player decisions, you know, um, tactical. And uh, I remember we went to Pumas, which a game that we were expected to win. And we went away to Pumas and we went and lost that game. Um, And I remember by that stage, you and I were having weekly conversations on a Sunday to prep for the week. Um, I was living with Jonesy at that stage. I don't know where he was that, that evening. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't want to say caprice, but was he wasn't. Saying, at I can think of a couple. <laughs> <places>. <laughs> yeah. but he wasn't at home. Um, and I remember having that conversation with you, and at, and, 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 and I can specifically remember feeling, um, you know, quite lonely because I'd felt that my my finger on my pulse was on the pulse of the team was telling me guys are are there. Um, I could remember that I'd done what I thought were my checklist for the week. Um, and yet, in that moment, when we were chatting about what the plan was, it almost felt like, you know, where to from now. Um, and I remember that, you know, we spoke about being process orientated, not result orientated. Um, and we seemed to have worked it out. And, and, and actually, what was great about that is we learned, I think, the lessons there about decision making early enough to rectify them. And obviously then went, went on from there and, and did quite, quite some nice things. But how I used to handle that loneliness was, was, as I mentioned earlier, was pressing on guys within the leadership group and not, and, and, and often not like asking for help, but just getting reassurance on, we on the right, on the right track or, or bouncing off them or getting the energy or the assurance from them. Um, with again subtle conversations, nothing, nothing direct, um, you know. And, and that could, all, I mean, an example of that could be like a phoning a Dylan lates and saying, you know, like where are you at? What do you think of the game? You know, how you think we're going? Um, and from that, then gauge that him and I are then, you know, on the same page. We are seeing the same picture, mm. and then know that you know the turn is coming. And and then you're know, working from
0: that. Yeah, I, I, I want to. You both mentioned leadership group, so I'm going to put that in the parking because I mm. want to come back to that and, and and the role of it. I just want to put a little bit more. So I I remember those conversations well, Chris, and I and I also remember further on conversations we had in that competition, which we were lucky enough to win. Do you, has it got has it ever got really bad? Has it ever got really dark for either of you, where you actually like, jeez I don't know who to talk to i don't have the answers
1: uh listen i've, I've I mine was more performance based but i mean I, I think so much of um maybe when i was younger growing up and being a younger leader you you put so much expectation on yourself um because again you, you think that you're alone as the captain and that if you don't you know be the absolute best out there then what's the point and why am i being picked and there's no justification for what you know you being here um yeah so 100 percent it definitely got it got it got lonely and it got dark and like for a, for a big part of my career I, I looked back at one point and thought if i don't change something now i'm going to look back on this thing and think that i didn't enjoy any of it you know and you have these sort of uh, you have these like momentary highs when you go on and you win, and and you keep like if you if you, you know you were chatting earlier about or Chris mentioned the process, and I know that's most one of the most cliched things and people hate hearing that in a post match interview, but I cannot stress how important it is to keep your head focused on the right things, and the right things would be your process based stuff as opposed to the results. I mean, and I think sure. for a big part of it, we were so results orientated and, mm-hmm. and that like uh, winning became relief as opposed to enjoyment you know so much pressure, enormous pressure built up and a, and a victory would would mean relief you know i had some like i said some pretty dark moments with um you know feeling like i was alone and feeling like um the stress was too much and and you know Eventually it, it took us it took me going to go chat to like our team sports psychologist, Doc Yanni, and he's a he's a great guy. Like I, w- I was listening to Chris now and, and Chris was talking a lot about sort of on field stuff and, and Doc Yanni he pretty much only deals with your off field stuff, you know, 'cause he, he mm-hmm. feels that if off field is, is neat and tidy, then you you'd be in your best space to play r- rugby. Um we got chatting in Dubai one year and he said to me he said, "Oh, you know, how are you feeling for the weekend?" And I said, "Yes, doc. I'm, I'm not really feeling that good. You know, I've, I have some pretty heavy thoughts sometimes, and, um. You know, you you try make, uh, try make it not sound too bad because you don't want to stun people too much. And he said, "Oh, you're like what kind of heavy thoughts?" I said, "Doc, you know, uh, I feel like that the pressure, and and I feel very anxious about going into to to weekends." um and i and i get very nervous about performance and you know a little bit of performance anxiety and all that and i say sometimes i think that yes you know if i if i get onto it and i get onto the plane and i'm maybe i just get injured on a thursday or something and then it's kind of like well there's the relief because there's so much pressure that you're just looking for that relief anyway and if it came in the form of an injury well you know I, i worked really hard i got as far as i could but then there was a mistake you know i got an injury and there's nothing i can do about it because there's nothing you can do about injuries and he said, "Geez, that's that's quite a heavy call. You know, that's quite dark." Um, uh, and it was with my way of escaping that pressure. And and then I I replied to him, I said, "Doc, you know, that's not <laughs> that's not the worst of it, doc. It's got it's got darker at some point. At some points, I've I've thought, you know, when the pressure's been turned on and you feel like you're all alone. And um, at some points, I've thought like, if I'm if I'm just not on this planet, you know, if I'm not on this in this world." You know, I won't have to deal with this pressure anymore. There won't be any rugby. There won't be any sport. And, um. And you know, it's uh, (laughs) he's he's pretty. I think he's heard some pretty heavy things in his in his uh, in his time as a you know as a psychologist. But that one sort of had him a bit like his his jaw dropped just a little bit. Nothing too noticeable, but. you know, it's it's a tough story to tell because you know, you, everybody's uh, you know, being captain must be so lucky and everything and it, and I don't say it was just the captaincy alone. I think that it was it's definitely an, a, a performance thing also. But um hundred percent at one point I, I got I got to a point where I was I was thinking, like, man, you know, if I'm not around for this, then I'm I'm not around to deal with the pressure then. And uh the the one simple change we had many conversations after that and we had a good fix for it and and I suppose that'll maybe be in a later episode but um the the simple fix for it was was just regaging my perspective on on what winning and losing is you know in sport especially and then um and working on my gratitude for for what we have you know like we we're so lucky to play rugby, but I think we we take it for granted you know for sport we take sport for granted and the opportunities that we have out there and the time we have out there um and that gratitude became like a very, very much a grounding, uh, a grounding thing for me. And I made sure that every time, you know, every time you get onto the grass, whether it's practice or wherever you get a chance to be where you've worked so hard to be, you, you just be a little bit more grateful every single time. You know. Mm. So it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, chatting about loneliness, but you can you can easily slip into a dark place, and I don't think, a hell of a lot of people would have recognize that because i think a big part of your job as a leader in a team is to put on a bloody brave face every time you walk into the office mm. um uh, you know like you say you're um, you're kind of one of the models for what the younger guys should be looking towards so every day you arrive you you know you set up and you you get the job done with a i suppose a, a smile on your face even if you're not feeling that up for it mm. um and, and that's the you know that's a difficult part of it, but uh, I suppose that's the
0: professional side of it. Yeah. She's thanks, Carl. I mean that's a, that's absolutely fascinating to listen to. Um, yeah. I think as we as we sort of start to close in on the end, I, I I want to I want to bring you both into you and other. So we haven't talked much about coaches or you, you've mentioned leadership group Chris you mentioned the Dylan Lates or Jonesy um uh Carl you also mentioned leadership group maybe just a bit about the role of other Chris uh, I, I'm lucky enough to have observed yourself and and John Dobson Dobber uh, uh funnily enough you've got an unbelievable relationship and trust and respect for each other yet massively different as human beings um, yeah. You know, you, you you are you are organised. You've got your list on a Sunday of how you want to do things. You 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 do food meal prep and all that stuff. I think if yeah. I, 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 you know you probably could with Excel spreadsheets. Dobbo hates that stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but Dobbo's got dobbo has fl- got has a, a, a moleskin. Yeah, he's got a moleskin. He's, he's got, a got that, skin. all of them. I'm actually writing in one right now, so I don't want to criticise. But but it's um, <laughs> but but there's this beautiful sort of difference that you've got, which makes you such a formidable pair. Um. Kind I haven't seen you work with a portrait or Neil Powell, whoever it might have been. Maybe just a word around a moment in time where you saw the significance and the usefulness of the combination. So, Chris, maybe it was something where you noticed it yourself and thought, geez, that's just an unbelievable value we're getting out of the two of us. Or, Kyle, something in your leadership group. So, just where you saw value in not just being leader on his own, but leader as a collective or in a combination of two.
2: So, so Tom, I mean, I alluded to it earlier when I, th- I think the question, the, one of the first question was, uh, was revolved around what our role is as, as leaders, how we saw it. Um, and one of the things I alluded to was, was having entire buy-in and, and buy-in meaning believing in what the, the coach has, has presented. And it's not always um, just his plan but i think the the fundamental reason why i think dobber and i make a good team and, and and have such a good relationship is is not so much about yeah our styles are definitely different and you're right I, you know i'm very structured and i'm structured in the in the way i lead as well but i strongly believe in the in in his his ethos and the way he wants to play and 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 run a team how he likes to build a um, team environment, a genuine team environment based on, on meaningful relationships. Um, and I think for me, when I moved down from the Lions, um, I enjoyed my time there. But when I arrived at Western Province and, and arrived with Dobbo, I was um, stunned by how he was able to Probably specifically for me, bring the real enjoyment back into what i maybe lost a little bit, and that 's you know all the team stuff, the team environment um, driving standards yes that's that 's a given as a professional uh, sports person as in a professional team, but really driving a culture of a of an authentic team environment and that 's something I really resonated with and and I think maybe he saw that from. From a from from an early stage as well as that I related to that, um, and I think from there onwards um, knew he could he could press on me to to you know to buy into his ideas um, and then lead lead with them.
1: Mm.
0: I love that. I love. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, can't go. I
1: first. think where, where Neil uh, where Neil's quite similar is is that he full on lives what he stands for. You know, like Dobbo um, exudes everything that he stands for, and, and that's the, the authentic team environment mm. that he wants. Mm. Um, you know, the moment Neil stepped in was all about setting our value system, and it was the exact same values that he lives by, and, and then, you know, finding a set of values that for the team that match those. And that's, you know, whenever people talk about a value system and everything, we, we try and look at a value system that matches you as a person. So that you not, you know, that we weren't fundamentally changing ourselves between the work environment and the home environment. You know what I mean so that your team and your values are so closely linked that you could be yourself as often as possible? Because we found that that's where we we got the best out of people was to when they were themselves.
0: Yeah, um, that's a, that's such an interesting one, Carl. Sorry to interrupt. That's such an interesting one yeah. because, um. It, it, it ties into both so many i've seen it in so many places we want to come up with these values and often there yeah. are a democratic discussion around what should our values be which can work but it also cannot work or they're just cliche.com um and i love what you've said about neil and dobbo to a degree um just just like that is who they are um and yeah. and those values mm. come through
2: I mean, maybe I can give you a specific example as well that just came to mind. I mean, um, it might've been 2018, um, we went on for, it was my first, it was uh, it was called a no boots camp. Now, <laughs> basically it meant going to a minus um, without taking a set of training boots. Um, I think, you know, we did take a pair of tackies for one session at least. But by then, I, I think I had full trust that I knew Dobbo was doing and, and yes, it wasn't a long tour, but I think he had, um, he had recognized where the team was um, and what we needed at that time. And, and that was that we needed to connect socially and off the field. Um, so for me, that immediately seemed like, how can we be going on a camp? We're not gonna be training. We're not gonna be gymming. Um, but by that stage, Although it's completely different, uh, our styles would have different, I mean, different. Um uh, styles potentially, I had full trust in 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 his ability to to have his finger on the pulse of the team and know that that this is what we needed and and he was he was right mm. in fact, that might have been two thousand and seventeen it was it was two thousand a feeling
0: I remember that camp um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, or, or, or not or not um, <laughs> I, I think um, yo, I, I, the, the, like, I really enjoyed your thing around just connecting with the joy. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I would imagine, uh, at risk of sounding preachy, like a lot of people have got technical competence and they've got motivation. Um, but what's mm-hmm. missing is that real just joy and connection with what I'm doing. And Carl, I suppose that, you know, you went through a time in your career where that joy was almost absent and, and bringing joy into the environment is so important. And then I loved what you said about meaningful relationships. It's so easy to have relationships and like, we, you know, we like each other's Instagram photos and what have you. But actually, <laughs> I think what you guys are so good at, in fact, I admire both of you for it um you know if i were to say why do i respect both of you it might be slightly different but what i've observed is like you're very intentional about your relationships like when you listen to people you listen to them you're not looking over their shoulder um and i think whilst they've been meaningful relationships in your team you you guys have probably had a huge amount to do with that you know so well that's a great point um we we probably got to start to wrap up. Carl. I don't know if you had any, any closing thoughts because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the last question at Chris as our, as our guest, <laughs> which will be the question. Uh, Actually, I'll throw it at Chris, and then Carl, you might have some wrapping up thoughts, but this is everyone's going to get this question on, this, on the leading conversation. Yeah. Um, you have 60 seconds to give a presentation. What is going to be in it? You have 60 seconds mm-hmm. to give a presentation. What is going to be in that presentation? can, can what, you do powerpoint
2: what's the presentation on <laughs> I must decide it's,
0: what's, it's, the whole point of the question is ambiguous we want to know like what are you going to present got, it's the presentation of your life you've got 60 seconds to give the presentation of your life what's going to be in it
2: the 60 seconds presentation on my life
0: not on your life. Not on your life. Not on your life. It's the you've got. It's for your life. It's like it's very very oh, important presentation. Oh, oh, okay. It's not you on, want your it on your life. we Wikipedia. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not autobiography.
2: It's any 20, 20 seconds anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be about uh, achieving success, but not so much on on achieving success and that feeling, but but more about the sacrifice that one has to go through and and really uh, reveling in that sacrifice because the greater the sacrifice, the sweeter that success is and, 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 and really being willing to to commit to something. So set a goal um, and be willing to make tangible sacrifices in order to achieve it.
1: Well, thank you. I had a, I had a chat the other day about somebody somebody i can't remember who it was but it was it was literally about sacrifices and how much uh, the deeper your sacrifice the more meaningful what you're trying to achieve is and the more that you can sacrifice and you and you have to remember the sacrifices every single time like you've got to feel them and get in touch with them and then what you're trying to achieve will become you know like your desire to get it done will be will be so much stronger
0: It and one of the the, great, this, that, sorry, it was one of the great leaders, I think, in sports, Steve Waugh, said you can't appreciate the views from the mountains until you've been down into the valleys. You know, And yeah. I think it's, you have to have gone through some dark times to really enjoy that beer. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you must almost know that while you're going through those dark times, you must, you must appreciate them because it's going to make the satisfaction that much better. Gee, 100%.
0: Carl, any any Tom? any any sort of closing thoughts? What a great first chat yeah. we had.
1: Mm. I um, I really want to chat more about the uh, like the leadership group thing, and I and I look forward to our next chat because, um, you know, I think I know we just brushed on it like briefly this episode, but I, I I've I've had such an amazing run with a an incredible group of leaders uh, alongside me. And I think there's there's definitely so much more to chat about in terms of what people think uh, a captain is and how... I I have my own opinion on a captain these days and where they stand and the different um, image that they they hold. And and I'd I'd love to chat about
0: that uh, next time around. So, um, a little teaser teaser for everybody. A little teaser. No, I've parked parked and I've parked. Or or a little stab at Tom. Why didn't you keep us on topic? (laughs) No, no, no. no, Any jokes. I I think... um, What I'm going to take away from this conversation is how cool was it that we spoke about leadership for 35, 40 minutes and we didn't list the five tips to being a leader. We didn't Mm -hmm. list the five characteristics of a leader. We actually just spoke about human beings. And I think both both your nature shone through in this. So thanks very much. Chris, really appreciate it. We're going to get you back on. Cool. Uh, we Brilliant. know you're going to be a regular contributor because you've got so much to add. Um, Carl, well done. I think that's a good start for us. And um, <laughs> very much look forward to next week and uh, and climbing into absolutely leadership groups and, and leading teams. So thanks very much, guys, and uh, enjoy it. Virtual
1: high five to both of you. huh? Cheers, James. Cheers,
0: cheers.